Hey everybody, before we get started today, we have some vital news for Apple Podcast listeners. In case you haven't heard, Apple recently did another update. This update kicked a lot of our followers off the show and paused notifications for new episodes. It even happened to some of our own team members, so you definitely want to check out your settings. To see if this happened to you, open your podcast app, search for the 200% Life, and select the show page. In the top right corner, you may see either a follow button or a pause symbol. Tap either one of those to make sure you are following the show and getting new downloads. This really helps you by making sure new episodes show up in your feed so you never miss an episode. It also makes sure new episodes are downloaded to your phone so you can listen to them when you're not connected to Wi-Fi. It's also really helpful to us. When you follow the show, the algorithm helps us spread the 200% life philosophy to new listeners. This is true for other platforms as well. So while you're at it, whether you listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or another favorite platform, please be sure to hit the follow, subscribe, or like button. This helps us reach new listeners and teach them how to use business as a conduit for their personal growth. And as always, we'd love to hear any questions you'd like us to cover on the show. Maybe it's a situation you're struggling with personally or a topic you think would be helpful to a friend. You can drop your questions in the Q&A box in the show notes on Spotify or you can email us at hello at adamhergenrother.com. And don't forget to turn on your notifications to be alerted when we cover them. Welcome to the 200% Life Podcast, your weekly insights to spiritual growth and business success with Adam Hergenrother and Hallie Warner. Okay, so you have been out the past couple of weeks, and I had lots of things I wanted to ask you about. First, lots of movement, by the way. Yes, move, what is that? Well, just about? movement, like lots of like things past happening. Weeks. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, which is good. Well, one thing was that you were in Austin um, a couple of weeks ago, which I haven't even talked to you about Austin yes. yet. And what were some of the highlights from that for you? And also, tell me about the whole thing with like Sienna went. So, what was that like? Yeah, it was great. Um, you know, Austin Mega Camp is there. We had nearly eight thousand people um, that were there for. Uh, you know, like it's we have like two major events a year for Keller Williams. One is um, family reunion, one is Mega Camp, and of course, Livian was there. And we had all of our a lot of our people there, which is great and and whatnot. Uh, I took my. What's interesting about this one though is I've been going for I think it was like my fourteenth year going. I know it's wild. Yeah. So I've seen the city grow up a lot too as well. So we're there for right. you know for almost a you know four nights, uh, four sleeps. I always look at it as like how many sleeps, right? How many sleeps is it? But this year it was really cool because my eleven year old had wanted to go for like three years. And I kept saying no, no, no. And finally I was like, you know what? I'm going to bring her. And she was so eager to go. She was so excited and she did awesome. She, you know, we had a bunch of different speakers that were coming and she got to meet a lot of the speakers. She got to be up the front. She got to listen to them all. Um, and she took away a lot from it. Uh, and just the whole experience she enjoyed. We did a couple hours of shopping in Austin for school coming up. So she was very excited about that. And uh, luckily it was like a block from our hotel. So it was really cool. Yes. Um, and you know, the people that were there, they were like young uh, women that were there and that, you know, like treated her like she was like, and, you know, you just don't get that necessarily where we live. We don't really have shops like that, especially in yeah, Stowe. Yeah, she felt special. Yeah, sure. she did. Yeah, yeah, it was great. And like, they were, they were super awesome to her. And so she, she's like, I want to go back there. Like, <laughs> every year I need to go <laughs> to make camp and that's exactly trip, yeah. right for what it was. So, but the interesting part about this whole, the whole trip is, um, so we, we came back uh, on Thursday and um, I go to the parking garage and at the airport, at the airport and I'm like, I, you know, and I travel, you know, a decent amount and I've traveled a lot in my, from Burlington International Airport. 
And so I always kind of park my truck at the same spot. And so I pulled in there or I walk out to the spot and I don't see my truck. And I'm like, instantly I'm like, pretty sure I, I don't, those are things like I forget some, like, those are things I don't really forget. Like I pay attention to, anyways, I'm pretty good at, at that directions. I'm pretty good at seeing things. I'm pretty good at knowing where things are. Like I'm just, I'm just good at those type of those things. And I'm like, look, I made a mistake. So anyways, I walk to the other floor and I walk to the lower floor and I'm like, I don't see it. And then I pull out my phone and I try to pull up my Ford app and tr- try to locate my, where my vehicle is or like sound the alarm or whatnot. And mm-hmm. it'd been disabled. And mm. right then I knew I was like, my truck's gone oh, no. and come to find out my truck was stolen. Uh, and they didn't even leave the, uh, the exit ramp to pay. They drove out coming to find out they drove out through like a little, like there's a little gate that they went through. So they didn't have to actually pay the, the ticket to actually mm-hmm. get out there, which is makes sense. Cause they're transient drug, individuals is what they are they come in they, they grab a vehicle they put 1600 we actually got the truck back they put 1600 miles on in like four days so they're just basically transient running drugs back and forth to how wherever did you they find were. the truck the police found it in uh the fountain street in burlington um the guy by the way who took it had all of his stuff in the back of the truck including court papers and documents for court oh, sightings that he was in Come to find out, like, he had 122 different citations in the last 10 years oh. running with police. Like, petty stuff, but, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. for what it was. Was there a warrant out or anything for him? I don't know if there was or not. Yeah. Um, and the alias, so there was a couple of vehicles that were stolen that same week, come uh, to find out. At and the they, airport? And they all the worked together. Yes, they found the other lady who had stolen a Mini Cooper, drug overdose, not dead, in the in a Mini Cooper. And then they looked up the aliases between the two and they, they put their both their names together and that was the guy's name that was also in all of the court documentations that were left in my truck oh my for what it was. Um, but yeah, so it was a really interesting experience. I tell you, from um, I shared this with our Project U group, uh, I didn't feel any different. Like I honestly, like I went there, I didn't feel agitated, I didn't feel irritated. I just, I kind of laughed at the situation. Um, you know, I, 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 it was, I always think those are good tests. Like I didn't like... It was just something that I was dealing with. I mean, I dealt with it. I got a ride back. I dealt with insurance people. Um, you know, I dealt with not having another vehicle. with a vehicle, and you just, I just handled it. Um, and it, it, there was, it, you know, again, there was, you know, it wasn't even like I was trying not to. Re- I just wasn't bothered by it. Like I just don't know how else to say it. Like when people were like, even Kim came and picked me up, and she was like, "Why well, you're like calm?" And I'm like. She's like, I'd be so pissed. And, and I'm like, I, I don't feel pissed. I don't mm. feel irritated. I don't feel any different than I would if I was getting in my truck and driving home. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I could say the same. I, and it wasn't, and I'm not, I'm not even saying that as like a, like I just wasn't bothered. Yeah. Like I don't like this because we, we talk about like, you know, a lot of this in the 200% life, like it's not about not dealing with it. So it's not like I didn't go look for it. It's not like I didn't call the police. It's not like I didn't file an insurance claim. It's not any of those things. Like you're still dealing with it. It's just, and I knew I had something else I had to deal with. I just leaned into it, accepted the fact that this is, this was happening and I just dealt with it. And, you know, I, I um, you know, I, I find this, I just have to make this comics. I find it interesting. You know, when people were talking to me that day, they're like, wow, like, you know, like, and I'm like, yeah, it just happened. They're like, wow, they're just the same type of comments. And I tend, people then kind of almost like chalked it up to, well, Adam has money, so that's why he's not angry. Right, because it doesn't really bother you. It doesn't you. bother me because car, like, yeah, exactly. That's exactly, he could just go you buy a new truck. Like, yeah. And I'm like, it was funny because people were trying to figure out. Is there out, any truth to that? No, like, um, no, like, no, like there's, there wasn't any, there wasn't, that wasn't a thought that was going through my head. Like I wasn't going to go buy another truck. I was going to wait for the insurance to kind of go through there and stuff like that. Um, 
But I, I, I got people didn't Who say that. that? Nobody yeah, said it to me. Oh. I just got the sense that it was oh, like, well, of course you'd be fine. Like I could, or I could see why it was almost like they couldn't justify how I could be in this state and without and without it like to. without without something. They had to right. go. Oh, of course that that makes sense, right? Or like, and I think we all naturally do that with other people sometimes, right? Like we we do that. Um, but that wasn't the case at all. And so then I was just dealt with it. And I, and I got it back. And and luckily there was really nothing wrong with my truck at all. Uh, I got it completely cleaned and decentralized and deodorized and they actually did find a needle in it though which is gross and terrible but like they had the whole thing was clean and i had it clean twice and it was and it's just nice to have it back and and whatnot but yeah so it was a that was the first time why did you get new tire? i see i can see your truck right now you got new tires well i got them before that happened oh i didn't know that yes i I knew you had the um they were gold they're uh uh rose gold yes well this is a new truck this isn't you, that same truck. No, you didn't know that. No. Yeah. So the truck was like, like thirty, like two weeks old. Oh my! No, I thought it was this. Oh, your no, old it's, one. No, no. So this is a different. It Raptor. looks just like it. Yeah, but, it's, just, it's a white yeah. Ford Raptor. So yeah, people yeah. are interested. But yes, yeah, no. It's like that was three years old. So I had that truck for three years, and oh, I, I thought that was the one I traded that I it in. No, and it, this is like this is like two weeks old. Oh god! I had nine hundred miles on it when it was. Oh my god! I know that's the <laughs> no, thing. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, it is. Um, well, I'm glad you have it back. Yes. Yes. Okay. But again, I, I think we just all use that as like, as a great look at 200% life, which is like, life's going to happen. It, it doesn't mean it's right. I, I really been like, this, this whole thing, like the moment is really perfect. And, and again, like the moment in front of us is perfect. I don't mean perfect where, like even when that situation happened, I thought about like, well, this moment's perfect. And I didn't say it to anybody. I'm just like, just again, giving people insights into like how, um, I kind of handle those things and like it was like the moment's perfect and it's not morally right it's not right it's not just it's not not just it's not the way I want it it's not the way I don't want it it's just the result of billions of other moments over billions of years that it happened to unfold that this happened mm-hmm. and it just what well, all that does is it doesn't again it doesn't mean that you don't deal with the situation or that you want the situation you don't do any of that it's just now you find yourself dealing with it you're leaning into the moment and dealing with it I think majority of people are so stressed in their lives because they not only do they wake up every day trying to get the moments outside the way they want them to so their inner experience is there and their inner experience is is working there uh they are they're resisting the moment that's there so what is the when you resist a weight you break your muscle down and rebuild right so you're resisting it causes stress of the muscle mm-hmm. well when you're resisting life you're actually causing internal spiritual or psychological or physiological stress for your body. So that's what then, and then that physiological stress then activates the mind and emotions to try to control it. And that's what then the emotions, the mind starts talking and telling why this person's terrible or how, you know, what these things are going on and and what, she's a funny story. Like I told somebody like, like my, my truck was stolen, you know, they got more, they were like, Instantly, they're in that void. They took that deep breath. And they're like, "This is what's wrong with this effing state." Like, you know that whole like this. Thank the country is going like the whole like they. Yeah, it yeah, was like it opened level. up like yeah. this whole, <laughs> this whole like you know series of of what's wrong with the world. Like that was a that was an example of why that they could behave the way they wanted to. And I just I sat there and I I was like, ah, and I just moved it. I Which moved. is funny because you use that as you use as an example before. Like we get so worked up about. um a moment or something like the moments 
the thing about bothering the moment bothering. in front of you is not bothering you yeah because clearly it's not like his exactly. truck was stolen or nothing. anything zero he's inconvenience just bothering himself about yes. or she your yes. situation exactly. that's exactly right yeah. yeah it's so funny yeah they're bothering and then they then that's well, funny because we do it we all do everybody it. does that yeah. and that's why that's the point of like bringing that as an awareness point it's not to pick on anybody but it's just that's the awareness point of yeah. that this is what we're doing because we then use that evidence as supporting the self-concept of how we're viewing things and so that's just their point of view you're paying too much attention to your collection your egoic you know your self-concept ego your collection of things that are in there so you're paying attention to that and then that's what you use to uh, see the world through so again when that moment happened and i shared the moment they saw the world through the world's going to hell, right? Type, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but that's that's how they right, saw right, it, right? Yeah, yeah. Whereas if somebody, like, somebody else could see it, it's like, oh, man, like, that's, you know, the person must have really needed the truck, right? Like, so again, that's how <laughs> yeah. they saw the world through. It's not right or wrong. It's just right. that's how they're doing it, and you just got to be aware of that when you're when you're going through there. Hmm. Um, okay, so you, glad you got your truck back. Um, and were you just in Maine recently, too? We are in Cape. Oh, you were in the Cape. Yeah, for like four nights. I know, I think. Man, Weird. I don't. I feel like I don't know much about your life yeah, these days. Like, how am I missing? For some reason, I thought you were in Maine. Were you thinking about going to Maine? Uh, maybe at one point, I but this is months ago. I saw that ago. on your calendar. Yeah. Okay, so you were in the Cape. Oh, yes. that's interesting. Yes, we went to the Cape. Good. So we got how back from that? got back from there. Mega Camp and went to came back for like a day and then went uh, and took our summer vacation for four nights or so. Oh, nice. And, is that the first time to the Cape? Uh, yep. Uh, no, we went there ten years ago in a, in a work thing. I spoke down there um, a while ago, and. Uh, you know, it's fun. It's, you yeah. know, here's, here's. Did you do the beach? Kind we of did. Thing? We did the beach. Yeah. We had some friends down there that were great and they had like the ability you can drive out on the beach and kind of, you oh, know, yeah. that was kind That's of cool. Fun, it was a yeah. fun experience to do that. Um, I still, you know, it was, it was, it was great and it was a fun experience. Um, I still, if I'm going to take a vacation to the ocean, I, I still have this idea that it needs to be tropical. Um, Wow. And, and so we like I, I mapped more to that, but uh, oh, I love the northern northern. Atlantic, I know, and yeah, that's what Atlantic I'm saying. People Ocean. people love it, uh, but here's the, the it's also the second largest population to seals now, and there's great whites everywhere. Oh gosh, yes. That's so we true. saw like 40 yeah. seals like 10 feet off the off the beach, and every shark? day there were shark sightings yeah. every day. Yeah, and so it's like anybody that swims there doesn't swim past your chest. Mm-hmm. And so it's like it's not about swimming in the ocean; it's about just getting that salt air and. I get it. Yeah, I get it. Like sitting, it was, it was very relaxing. Like did like some great meditations. We walked the beach, we sat there and that was, it was was great. But like, (laughs) I had to watch my kids every, I'm like, don't go past your chest. Right. Cause like (laughs) there's sharks everywhere. And I'm like, it's the second largest gathering of white, uh, great whites now up in the Eastern Cohen because of the way that things are shifting and the seals are there now. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's and um, basically two people die a year. That's what they're averaging right now. Um, and that's, that's with all of the shark sightings that are like there's a whole app now on the whole cape that shark sightings like it's wild crazy uh, yeah and uh then the most exciting thing happened oh yeah you're, you're we're going really deep on this the whole thing now uh uh we got a dog um yes. which we're, we're really excited for is like a three or four month process i actually shared on the podcast one before like kind of the the idea around that like um it wasn't really like our kids were really pushing for it. Of course, kids push for a lot of things, and we kind of just like we we they had to do some chores. We talked. I think at one point in time they we did, did the, talk about the how they were doing like a, a business thing to kind of raise money yes, for, for it and dog, stuff yeah. like that. But we kind of let it go, let it go, and finally just kind of just it, it, again, you just find yourself kind of interacting with it, and over four or five months of honestly just letting it go and just seeing if it kept showing back up and showing back up. Um, we made the decision to uh, get a uh, uh, highly trained. Um, 
protection slash family dog, which is a German shepherd um, that came from, um, and I'll use the company's name if you guys, anybody's interested in doing this, because I think they did a great job. Um, it's Kraftwerk in uh, Washington state. Uh, they are the highest, um, uh, like purebred German shepherd, um, like protection dogs in the United States. They've been around since 1987. Uh, they have an amazing facility. Uh, the guy, the GM flew the dog from Washington to Boston and then drove it up to our house. Mm. Um, and then back down. Yeah. So it's like, they really care for their animals. They, he's 15 months old. So he comes fully trained now. Well, back up. Like if you wanted like a military or police dog, they're like three years of training. Um, mm-hmm. so like, it's like a three, it's like that level of it. Yeah. But I mean, sense. I don't need that. Right. We don't, we don't need that <laughs> at all. So like 15 months, like he's, he's incredibly smart. Um, it's, it's past that, obviously the puppy stage of, of what that is, but it's, it's really fascinating watching the dog. Um, uh, you know, he wakes up in the morning and he does like two laps around the property, like just like perimeter property, mm-hmm. like, and just, just to make sure everything's good. Like every 20 minutes or so he'll get up and make sure he has an idea of where everybody is in the house. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Um, he will like, he's super loving. Like I can keep him off leash. Like he runs with me. He bikes with me now. And this is like five days in, um, he's friendly with other dogs. Like I was really, I was somewhat concerned, even though I talked to them about it at length, like. Dude, am I going to be concerned? Like, we have people come over our house all the time. You see, like, going to attack people. And and the reality is because people, like, see the dog, and he's, I mean, he's beautiful, but, like, like German Shepherds German are, Shepherd. Are he's intimidating. He's got yeah. big, he's got a deep bark. He is, he's he's fast. He's super strong. You know, he'll be 105 to 110 pounds. Like, yeah, he's, a, he's, a, he's a weapon, right, if you really wanted them to be that. There's kind of, like, modalities of how they're trained, which is kind of fascinating. The first step is, like, and I didn't, I didn't know any of this. So I'm just kind of sharing. It's kind of fascinating, um, for people to hear this. Like these dogs are, they're so smart that they, and, and so their nature. So man, we talk about everything having its nature. Mm-hmm. Their nature is to please and protect. That is, that is a hundred percent what their nature is, is please and protect constantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what they, what their, what their focus is, is to please and protect. So like they instantly, by the way, he kept them in the cage, uh, in the kennel with the whole time they're up there because there's a process that you have to go through to open the first person to open the cage for the dog. It's actually very important. Um, so I like had like a hot dog cause that's what they use. I'm the first one to walk in front of the cage, say hi to him, give him the hot dog, take him on his leash and then instantly take him by myself around the property. And he instantly will, that's like, and it's usually like the alpha person that's going to be there. And that happened to be me for it. Um, and then he'll instantly map, like all of a sudden he's mapping to you. And then what happens is he maps to anything that you are important to. So then it mapped to the kids and then I'd map to the kids, you know, obviously Sarah, and then anybody that comes over that I'm okay, like that mm-hmm. everybody else is okay mm-hmm. with, which is kind of fascinating. But, um, to make the, like the long story short, actually within six minutes, of, I don't know, six minutes, 20 minutes of like him coming out of the car, the, the driver of the other car that was helping him come in there happened to got out and Prince growled at the guy. Uh, cause he was standing in the corner. He was kind of awkward. It was kind of a weird situation. And after like, he kind of looked up and growled and the, the GM of the craft work and obviously knows the dog works him every day. And was like, he didn't, he didn't growl to actually like scare this guy. He growled to let everybody know that. Cause my kids were on, like, we were all like, so he was like in like a pile of us. Yeah. He growled to let everybody know that this is now his pack. Yeah. Like it was, it was his way of telling us that like, I'm with you guys. Mm-hmm. It was so like nature, like the nature of these yeah. animals yeah, of like, amazing. it was wild to see. And he just did that growl like, a couple times. And then he just said, okay. And he was fine. He walked right up to the driver and is there, but he just kind of gave everybody that noticed like, this is my pack now. Mm-hmm. 
and it was just wild to kind of see that. And so what they'll do is like if if there if there if the situation feels like there's stress there, their first kind of modality is to like growl and let somebody know we're here, putting everybody on notice, like kind of like that type of thing. And then if the situation continues, like they will bark, like a deep bark, and if it continues more, they'll run up and then bark to like a perpetrator, like three feet away in their face. And then of course the last one, if something's really badly happening, then they would look to you know, demobilize the individual, but they, um, but it's like a, it's like a last resort of, of what they would do. And for I that. think I asked you this before, but are they all, is that all based off of your command or are, is, are they just doing that on their own? Uh, Pock on is the command for like attack, but, uh, it's very rare that they would actually, like if, if I went there and like he was in there and I said, Pock on, like he wouldn't do anything. They have to be heightened and it had the mm. situation has to warrant it. Yeah. And they have to feel that like there is a deep threat going on for them to do any type of thing like that. Like if somebody like were to break in your house and, and like, all of a sudden they feel your energy and they feel that energy, they won't even hesitate to be down there and like in the face of the of the individual uh, or like a bear or whatever it is. Like they, they sense the situation more than we do. Uh, and then that's when like, you know, you could, you can use like a command like that. But like if kids or anybody's around, like starts saying that they wouldn't do anything mm-hmm. like he, they wouldn't, they wouldn't even, they just laugh. They wouldn't even respond to it. Um, which is really kind of fascinating in their own, their own nature. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, uh, yeah, it's great. Like it's, it's really fa- like to watch the videos of the bite work and stuff that he's done. And like that's, they started him at like three weeks old of like bite work all the way through. You, do you still train? With yep. Him so like, you still work with him. Like I work with him like alone. Like I do like. It's actually a great thing if I'm working at home. Like I, get, I take like a 15 minute break. It's so nice to go outside and kind of put my phone away for a second, and get off Zoom, and I'll work with them for like 15 minutes on like the commands and like plats, like foos, like sits, hair. Like they're all German commands, right? Mm-hmm. So we speak in German. Uh, so my kids got to learn all German too. But like he now he he'll really respond and like you just keep working with him and and for all those type of uh, additional commands. And there's a bunch of videos that Craftworks puts out that. It gives you additional training opportunities if, mm-hmm. if you want to, because you can take it to whatever level you right, like right. to take it Yeah, to. and those dogs need to be, they, like you said, they are so smart. They need to be stimulated. Yes. And, work, and yes. worked with, and it's not just playing. It's like they need a job. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's pretty cool. But it's fun. Yeah, it's, he's he's great and sleeps with the kids. I was going to say, is he cuddly too? Yeah, he does. He loves, okay. he loves like, <laughs> I mean, all of the videos, like the kids are hanging on him. Yeah. So he had to pass like certain tests. Like they had to like, one of the things is to get their certifications. Like they had to like bring them into like a random park and they like, you know, again, they can't show any expression like positive or negative. Like it can't show excitement, can't show this. They just have to kind of be neutral. And then like, they have to be able to like, like a hundred yards away, like a guy dressed in black would like sneak out from around a bush. That's how they kind of do the test. And they have to be able to identify that. And they did. So like the guy would, again, they're in a park and then a guy like dressed in black, looking very awkward, stepped around the corner and boom, like you can see them walk right on it. They didn't do anything at first, but they walked right on it. They identified it and being like, there's something wrong with that picture. That's all they kind of know. And then as the, like the person kind of sits there, you can see the dog get up and then start making its way to there. And the growls start, right? Cause that's when it starts to go in there. And then the, 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 perpetrator would then like it's all mocked but they show this for the testing of the dogs mm-hmm. would start walking towards it and that's when the dog would engage with the person not fully bite but engage with the person with a bark but how yeah. what if the person is totally fine how do you tell the dog 
are you still you just, have control of the dog? You do. You can still have control of the dog. Like, say, oh no, like this is a friend. Like, like whatever yeah, the like, word exactly, is. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Exactly right. But again, that person is designed to be suspicious. Like they're dressed. Yeah. Like, in the yeah, mock. In the I, mock. I and that, exactly yeah, what yeah. it is. But remember, it's a random tr- situation that they go in there. But yeah, we've had t- everyone. You know, again, I, I bite to them like off leash yesterday in a very. You know, we probably passed six different families, all with dogs. And he walked up to the dog, like even the dogs that were barking. He stayed neutral, walked it in there, and then just followed me while I was biking. Um, he made said hi for a second, and then I'd get like twenty feet in front of him, and he would turn around, and just run up with me and walk. Like even this morning, I ran with him like four and a half miles. Uh, and very, every I had a leash on him just because it was the first time I ran with him. But like he ran right next to me. At the end, we got to our road. I let it the leash go, and he just ran like seven yards in front of me and every i would say every 20 seconds he would turn around to make sure i was there yeah uh, and just yeah. it's just like just like just making he's almost like he was running in front to make sure being like i got this mm-hmm. uh but just making sure that you're there that's yeah. cool that's awesome yeah i'm very excited for you guys because you yes, know i love you. dogs yes i know you do <laughs> yes yes all right well shall we continue yes with the seven in. principal truths of life yes you uh, want to do a, like just a quick recap of one through sure jump in Four. Yeah. Um, we Okay, so uh, one was embrace the middle way. Yes. Two, know thyself. Yes. Three, you are the watcher. Four, need nothing and enjoy everything. And now we are on to principle five. First be, then do. Yeah. So the the really cool concept of being and doing, uh, I think, is extremely um, powerful for, for many reasons. Um, but it's kind of goes along the line, Hallie, with like need nothing, enjoy everything. First be, then do. In uh, the 200%, um, we obviously, have, as most people know, we have a book coming out um, around the 200% life. And in the book, we actually talk about uh, a little of the history of like the cross, which is like, um, you can call it different things, but basically back, you know, a couple thousand, you know, BC, or what are they, what is the new? B- BCE. BCE, yes. BCE. Um, even before, like it was used in the Bible, I believe, right? Isn't that correct? Yeah, there. I mean, a lot of people think about it as the Christian cross, but really, there were other cross symbols far yes. before the kind of the Christian cross that we it, might think of today. Yeah, and they use the the example of like the cross, which is like the vertical line of the cross was like the being, which was rooted into the ground. The doing was the horizontal line that came across, and the intersection of life is in the middle between. But you first, if you don't have a, if you're not being first, there is no doing. Uh, there is, but it's just it's done in absence of being. And so when you think about this, and this is something that we've been teaching for a while, um, if you most people wake up and do right, they do to be. <laughs> they, they're doing something to try to gain the being, and they end up spending 99% of their entire life in the doing side. The, rea- the this is where the the ego and the self concept is driven by the doing side. That's why you never ever feel satisfied with doing things. That's why it, it doesn't, you don't ever feel, feel satisfied by, by avoiding something you don't want moments later, minutes later, a day later, something else shows up that you're trying to avoid. Right. So it's if it's not this, it's that in the doing world, there's never an end point. There's never a, a finite, there's never a win, if you will. Um, there's little things that you go through that you avoid what you don't want or get what you want. You feel good momentarily, uh, or you get what you don't want and you don't feel good momentarily, but all of those things kind of pass. So in the doing world, it's like a distraction from like being. Now, the interesting thing is you're always being. It's just, it's always there. Like the sky is always there. There may be clouds there. What we talk about in this concept is first being. So like first being rooted in who you are, right? Being rooted in the fact that 
you are the one, like we talked about, you are the watcher. You are the one being and witnessing the experience. Like we have this ability as a human sapien to be aware that you're aware. I'll just stop it at two today. But like you're aware that you're aware, right? I think we've we've come we've talked a lot about that in this podcast, and I think you know even you have start to, you know, um, all the work that you've done, like <laughs> even. Even well, me I don't, and my cynical. Well, like, cause you're like, I'm aware that aware aware, and you're like, no, I don't get it. But like, you, you're like, I, in moments, like, you come to you like, I, I got that. Like, it's yeah. like you, you, we now we can be aware of emotions. We can be aware of our thoughts, but we can be aware of our thoughts and be aware that we're aware of thoughts. That's where the third aware comes in. By the way, is that you can be aware of objects of consciousness. Anyways, so the the first thing is 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 when you first be, you become aware that you're doing something. So what is being? Well, being is what you are. It's it's a state of a state of of who you are right now. Like you're in a state of being, meaning that like you're you're in a state of consciousness. If that's the way you want to say it, is you're just in a state of being. You are being. That's why I'm saying like if you're in human form, you are always being. Even if you're if your circuitry of the mind goes in an Alzheimer situation, you're still conscious. You're still being. You just don't have the prefrontal cortex to be able to morally walk through life right and in the way we expect it to um so you're always being there's always a level or, or conscious like that's the other way of saying it it's your first conscious or first being so the being is meaning that i'm aware of who i really am and i'm aware that the doing world is secondary to being does that make sense Okay. So the, the doing side, there's no, and this is where I love the 200% life concept here because it really, it allows it to grasp both of these things. So it's not about not doing like the 200% life or spirituality and, and how I've always liked to teach this is it has nothing to do with not, te- not doing something. It has nothing to do with not building a business or being a teacher or not doing those things. We, we use those things cause they're around us, but, and there's millions of things you could do for a job, right? Or, or you go out there and do, you're just out there doing those things. But if you're doing those things to be okay, if you're doing those things as a way of trying to get to being, it's literally like you're trying, you know, you're running, you know, east looking for a sunset. Like you're just, it's just not going to happen. The sunset's always going to be there. You just, you just turned around. And that's how most people approach their life is they, they, they get rooted in doing and they believe that's how they get to being. And, and, and let me give you practical examples of what the language would be used here. Hallie, if you go get money and fame, you'll be perfect or you, you know, whatever. You will feel awesome. Like you will be successful if you become a, you know, New York Times bestselling author or you will be successful if you are named, you know, with Oprah or if you'll be successful if you make $100,000 a year. It, I'm just, whatever it is, you'll be success. Like if you go and get this, then boom, you're going to be great. So it's almost like what we're doing is we're taking the doing world and we're and we're 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 setting these goals which have a beginning and an end. They're fine. It's great to have goals, but we're we've convinced ourselves that in the doing world by doing this, that if we go through the doing world, we'll get to being, and that being will stay forever. Get to being what? You'll you'll get the total well being that you're looking Just for. Just being. Yes. Whole, you'll, you'll, yes. You'll fulfilled. get the feeling of fulfillment from doing that. And the reality is, is in the doing world itself. I agree that when you get what you want or avoid what you don't want, you will feel some level of fulfillment, some level of joy, some level of success. You'll feel those emotions, but we all know that they're fleeting, aren't they? Every one of those emotions from the doing world are, are fleeting. By the way, so aren't the negative ones. So I always like to, you put that in there. Like if you're feeling like, like shit or you're feeling like you're having a bad day, you usually, most people usually work through that too, right? So like it works both ways. Like you have all these different flavors of life and you have these different experiences. My point of being first, which is 
the feeling that you're looking for trying to get from doing, you can actually bring into the doing world. And therefore, if you don't get what you want, you don't feel bad. It's not a temporary, it's not a conditional feeling that you're getting from the doing world. What it is, is you're, you're perpetually in that state of total well-being. So therefore you can show up and interact freely with the world, not for the intent of you trying to be okay. How do you get to that state of being without doing? Well, you don't need to do, do anything. Well, I know your, that. your natural state is there. We've just covered it all up. So the work so that do actually do? doing yeah. the, the work of the doing is relax. So what is the opposite of, of stress, which is relaxation, right? Which is surrender. This is where these words come in there that are big, Zen, spiritual, whatever words you want to call them. I just call them personal growth words, which are really like these like surrender, acceptance, awareness, those things. That's the, you're doing the work to be more rooted in being. And that's where when people are teaching these things out there, that's what they're really trying to get at is as a technique for you to be more rooted in being by letting go of the part of you that you're, that is constantly defending itself. (laughs) That's constantly fighting with reality or trying to do everything in reality. That is what you surrender to that lower part of you. And you, as you, that happens. See right now, I'll give you another example of this. This is deep, but maybe you've experienced this right now. Everyone is pulled downward. There's a pull downward. There's a pull downward for doing. There's a pull downward for emotions. You most 99% of the time you're pulled downward. Every now and then you get pulled upward. Like from when when things happen that you really like, you feel this uplifting roar. Everyone's felt that uplifting lift, but 99% of somebody's day, they're being pulled downward. When you get rooted in being instead of downward, you get pulled upward. And so like it starts to pull you up. You start to feel this rush of energy. By the way, the interesting thing about this is and this is this is a longer conversation, but it's the same fear of being pulled downward as being pulled upward because you still have to die to be reborn. You're still letting go of a concept when you start to get pulled up. Um, we'll just table that for a different one. I don't but. understand the pulling downward. Like I don't walk around my day in my day feeling like I'm being pulled downward. There's an a no, but there's an a most people's emotions when you feel them, they're down. Like when you feel. Like not, I'm not saying you're down, like walking around, not okay. I'm just saying you're not walking around in a state of ecstasy or a state of total well-being. You may be, you may be relatively okay. Mm-hmm. And like, so like you're fine, like you've gotten the stuff over there, but there's still a lot of things that bother you and bother anybody, mm-hmm. bother all of us. That's what I mean. And when they're bothering you, they're pulling you down. When the more, and that's, that's, by the way, it's, it's natural. It's just part of the process. It's why souls are here to evolve. And the involvement is letting go of the part of you that, doesn't want to experience itself in its true nature. And so what we do here is you, the more you can be more in being, which is the small steps. It doesn't mean you're going to go be there all day tomorrow, but the real personal growth is when something that used to bother you no longer bothers you, right? It just doesn't bother you. And you, and you go, Oh, that just didn't bother me anymore. And I've heard you say that too, right? Like there's certain things that I know, particularly in work that normally would have bothered you five years ago that just don't bother you anymore. Or if they do, it's minimal, right? Like you right. recognize it. It's not nearly as, that is personal growth. There's just less of you. So you're becoming more rooted in being every moment. So the goal is every day you wake up and you literally, before you go to bed the next day, you have less of you in there. Less of you that is preventing you from being more rooted in being. Less of you, the ego you? Yes, yeah, so you're letting go of, of you, the you, you. Yeah, you're letting go of the part of you that's really driving your life. Right now, the egoic side or self-concept side is still driving 99% of us. Very few people have, have let all of that go, their whole ego out there. Uh, and so therefore, they're still 
being guided by that. And so being more rooted in being is, is waking up every day with the intention of, I'm going to let go of the part of me that's preventing me from being and in, in being first and then doing. So there's some things you can do, right? That's where, and there's plenty, there's millions of techniques that are out there. And I don't really love to teach, you know, a meditation technique. People can, there's so many different wonderful people that can do that and they'll work, right? The thing is, is like you can wake up though and you can go, okay, I'm going to first be, then do. And so like, again, I don't know if you saw those emails from some of the Project You participants um, that you, you did, you're shaking your head, yes, yeah. that like had this, you know, some pretty tough situations going on there. That is the, they were, they focused more on being before they do. And that was, that's, the, that's a great example of that. And so instead of getting riled up in the emotion, so an example of this would be, if your boss comes into you and says that you're doing a shitty job or whatever, and like they do it completely like unconscious and now you're in a whole ball of stress and you argue with him, you tell him how bad he is and you get this whole thing, you get rooted. Now you're in this whole caught up in emotion thing. The being would first be, huh, I wonder if there's anything that I can learn from this that he's actually sharing and maybe it's 3% and the rest, am I willing to let go of that? Because I'm already okay. So I'm first in being and I'm experiencing what's happening and I can, I can understand it. I may not be happy about it. I may feel the emotion, but I'm experiencing it because I'm allowing, I'm aware that I'm experiencing emotion. I allow the emotion to come through and then I deal. I go get another job. I talk about how I didn't think it was professional. Whatever you need to do in that situation. That's the difference. So when you're rooted in being, you approach situations with clarity. You have more uh, ability to lead through the situation. You just have a better sense of what to do next. That's all. That's a better way of saying it. Like you just have a, you have a general sense of how can I approach this to, to actually help the whole situation, right? And you do it to your best of your ability. And that, that's, that's being, being and then rooted in doing. The other in, analogy that you could use here, which is we've shared before in this podcast, which is people want to go find a job that supports their passion, which is basically saying, as long as I'm doing this and it continues to inspire me and it continues to challenge me, then I will be okay conditionally okay and I'll have conditional passion for my job as long as it always meets my expectation of what my job needs to be instead of going well why don't I just be full of passion and bring that into whatever I do so it's not conditional for one of those different things it doesn't mean you don't create another job or take another opportunity nobody's saying that in my experience by the way too the more that you actually be the clearer you become on the direction that you go in your life and it actually ends up supporting you in that way may not be the way you thought it was. It may not be what the mind has told you to do or somebody else wants of you, but it supports you in a different way. Because remember, most people will, will want to guide you in the way that benefits them because they're taking something. Remember, it's just, it's natural. It's not wrong. That's just how people are, they wake up with that intention. Sure. And um, people, by the way, have good intentions with that. I'm not denying that that's wrong, but most of us see are still are coming into the situations of trying to take something. And then they try to manipulate people in a way to get what they want so they can feel okay. My whole thing is if you're being first, then what you're doing is the, you may say the same thing, the intention's completely different. Like if you're having to hold somebody accountable for business, you may actually say the same thing, but your intention behind is pure so you don't feel, like the person doesn't feel like you're taking. It doesn't do any of that stuff. You're able to actually sit there and handle the situation because guess what? Life is going to present a lot of things that we just have to handle. That's it. So that's the, that's the first be then do. Um, and so there's, again, the intention of you wanting to learn this is the first step in any of this. That's the most important, by the way, is you wake up every day and go, I'm going to work more on myself than I'm going to try to distract myself from doing. Hey everybody, before you go, Helen and I wanted to ask you for a favor. 
As business owners, you understand that reviews and testimonials are an essential part of growing your business and reaching new audiences. Well, from two business owners to another, we would be incredibly grateful if you could support us by leaving a review. It does really help us get the podcast in the hands of other conscious business owners. So thank you.